Survivor Great American Ballpark Edition. I'm Jeff. And I'm Tom. I'm Kim. And we are the Three Old Reds fans coming to you from Studio 82, just down the street from our good friends at Beans, in the heart of Cedarville, the birthplace and final resting place of Bumpus Jones. Well, the trade deadline almost came and went as quiet as a weeknight crowd at GABP. So, but on this show, we'll talk about that a little bit because something just happened today. We have breaking news. Breaking news. We will talk about what will allow us as fans to survive the next two months of the rebuild and which players will survive this phase of the so called rebuild. I considered calling this the Reds' great rebuild, but I've only seen a couple of glimpses that could be great so far. So. Breaking news. We have a trade. The trade deadline. Woo, we did a trade. Not quite what we thought it would be. No. Singrani for Scott Van Slyke. Not to be confused with Andy Van Slyke, although it is his son. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't had quite One the of his cur- sons. He's had multiple, I think, in the Has he? Well, league. I don't, you know, not a player I was too familiar with. Let's put it that way. Okay. And a guy named Hendrick Clementina, which, just for the name, you make the trade, wow. right? Now, are they both minor leaguers? Or have they played? Well, Van Slyke has played in the majors since 2012. He's sort of had that up and down from AAA to the Dodgers off and on, you know. Um, this year, um, not a very good season. Last couple seasons, he's been like 196, 280, 308 slash line, you know. Um, he's never really established himself as a full-time big leaguer. Um, he's since 2012, he's had 760 at-bats in the major leagues, 242 batting average, 326 on base, 417 slugging. Nothing but n- special. Nothing special. Um, roster filler, salary dump, even out the salaries of the trade type of thing possibly. Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't think we want him taking Winker at-bats if Winker ever gets any at-bats. Um and then Clementine is the other guy. He looks much more interesting. He's a catcher. Uh, just turned 20 in June. He's hitting 374, 39, 554 in 24 games in the Pioneer League. So he's right very now. young. He's young. Yeah, he was. He's been with the in the Dodgers. He's from Curacao, so he would have been an international signing for the Dodgers when he was a teenager. Um, signed with the Dodgers in 2013. So. That's the, the thing, and, and Singrani gets a chance to go pitch for a contender. Well, more than a contender. <laughs> They're going to win the division, the favorite, obviously, yeah. the favorite. Uh, so good for him. He gets a chance for that. You know, six years with the Reds, eh, been a pretty average pitcher at best. Underwhelmness. Under, yes. It reminded me a little bit of Sid Fernandez when he first came up because of that deceptive release point. Yeah. Lefty, and, and a really good movement, and actually performed very well his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the beginning of the year, he did. You're right, and uh, just I was I was hoping for a lot more from him. Right. I'll tell you, a week or week or so ago, we were all we were expecting Zach Kozark to be the guy traded, wow. and uh, the DL. And so I guess we'll talk at another time about what's his long term future later in the show. But yeah, or yeah, we're continuing to talk about that through the season. I suppose. Yeah, he could still be traded. I mean, yeah, he still could be if he gets healthy and. Um, can get through waivers, which seems unlikely. It just depends uh, what somebody might want to do, whether they want to pick up his salary or not. Um, so we wanted to look at sort of the top three ways each of us will sort of look at 
can what can we still enjoy about this season? How do we survive the two months as a fan? Um, just getting through it and the things you you know why watch? You know mm-hmm. why watch? Um, things get busy in the fall sometimes. You know I know I Once get football busy with comes stuff. on the Buckeyes. It's hard to. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to watch a Reds game over that, necessarily, when they're all both on at the same time. I will keep track and switch back and forth. There's you know. nothing better than your team being in the playoff hunt yeah, in the yeah, fall, Yeah. but there's nothing worse than them being in last place right, in the fall. Right, So, thinking of a top three, we'll start with you, Tom. What would be your third, number three on your list? The third in priority? Yeah, yeah, let's count them down that way. Um, I would say Sal Romano. I'd like to see how he develops as a pitcher. So when Sal's pitching, you want to pay him a little more attention and try to watch. I'll watch his curveball and uh, see if he can develop and have better location through the year. What's your number three, Kim? I'm going to have to say our young pitchers, period. Uh, Obviously, Castillo. So Uh, overall, the whole pitching Yeah, because I'd like to see not only Romano, because I felt bad for him the other night in the Marlins game when he just totally flubbed up that one, two, three DP, and an EDP, as we like to say. Um, and then Stevenson, does Amir Garrett come back? It seems like I'm missing. Oh, yeah, Cody Reed. I, 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 just the young pitchers. I, I, I'm interested to follow them. But Castillo heads that young pitcher list by far. Yeah, because really these guys all have a chance to be a starting pitcher in the Major League Baseball this year. It's a big opportunity for these guys. Oh yeah, it is. And Castillo is the one who's taken, taken advantage of it. Yes, um, he's my number two. I mean, of things that I would want to watch is yeah. when he pitches, I'm going to want to watch more. Mm-hmm. Um, well, third on my list is just uh, watching Billy make plays. You know, yeah. good catches in the outfield, running the bases, stealing bases. Um, I don't know if we'll, you know, how long is Billy with the Reds. I don't know. Um, he's a guy who could go in <clears throat> for the right. For the right thing, uh, or the Reds could could give up on him, or maybe he never really pans out as a consistent player and sort of drifts out drifts out of away from us here in a year or two. Um, but while he's here, there's some certain things he does that are really exciting, and so yeah, I'm, I enjoy uh, watching that. You know, is uh, when he's on, you know, you want to watch. I, I want to really watch Billy too. He's one of my top things. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, I was thinking about this when the Reds were so great in the '70s. Who's their center fielder? Cesar Geronimo. Yeah. I mean, is he a similar player to Billy Hamilton? I mean, as far as batting average and mm-hmm. um, outfield, uh, Billy's a better outfielder by far. Billy yeah, steals and bases. Cesar was a good outfielder. He and he had a great arm. His gold strong glove. Arm. Yeah, golden glove. Batted three oh seven one year. Yeah, I don't know what his, hole. I don't know what his career career was, but uh, but but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, you always say be strong up the middle defensively. I mean. Maybe Billy's a, a guy for, to stick out there in center field. We, we're asking too much of him. Well, that's the whole thing about, you know, how many times we said, well, he's he's more of a seventh or eighth place hitter than a leadoff hitter I just agree. because of the batting. And and so we're trying to get all of that out of him. So, Geronimo in a 15-year career, he was a 258 hitter. I mean, you know. Could Billy he, be a 258 hitter? But when he, take but, but in the good <laughs> years, you know, 74, he was 281, 257, and – 75, 307 in 76, um, 321 in 77. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's his OBP, back to 266. So, you know, he was never – he was always going to be bat, a guy who was always going to bat down in the order. You know, he, not a power guy. Um, uh, on base, decent, 
if I'm, as I'm scanning down his numbers, decent on base guy, you know, but not a not a power guy. Um, if know, we could find a second base, if we could find a second baseman that could hit leadoff and put him down that eight yeah. hole, that'd be pretty nice. Right, right. Well, it, it would, and I've said that before too. You know, moving down, it's like I said uh, when we were talking about trades last week. You know, find a leadoff guy out there somewhere. It doesn't matter what he plays. Second, short, center field. Find him, get him in here, and then Billy can bat wherever. There's not many of them. Everybody no. wants a good leadoff. There's, there's not, not many. many. And there's been some unconventional leadoff things going on. Charlie Blackman for the Rockies. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so. First baseman as people, well. People are thinking outside the box a little bit on leadoff guys now. It's mad. Interesting. But, you you know, you've heard me say before, your best three hitters should hit one, two, and three because they're going to get an extra at bat. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you got something there. So so what's your number two, Tom? Uh, mine, already... mine was, um, Kim mentioned, Castillo, Washington Castillo. Castillo. So that's your two. So what about you? Mine would be Billy, and because I, I want to see him, you know, Tony Gwynn used to say the five-and-a-half hole. I want to see him develop I, I just you know, I text you guys and he pops up five hundred dollar fine five <laughs> did you hear they were talking about Ozzie Smith in the beginning he and Whitey Herzog and when Ozzie did not do what he's supposed to do at the plate he got fined that huh. was very small but when he did what he's supposed to do Herzog owed him money and then well, Ozzie ended up getting way ahead Herzog owed him a whole bunch of money Whitey went up to him and said okay you get the picture you know what to do now the deal's off. Yeah. And so I'd like to see Billy do that. And unfortunately, okay, fortunately, I've always loved stati- statistics. I know you do, looking at Jeff. But unfortunately, we really focus on statistics when your team's doing bad. So having said that, I would like to see him stay healthy and win this stolen base crown. That'd be he, fun. That'd he's be fun. led it the past two years. I agree. Late season injury, he's out, and a guy overtook him. Is he at 43 right now or something like that? 43 or 44. Yeah. So he's yes. up by like 20. No. D. Gordon's got like 38, 39. Really? Dude. Yes. I thought he was up thankfully, by a lot. Thankfully, Tucker Barnhart threw him out twice the other night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. About the only good thing we did in that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So, so Billy, I agree. that Making plays and you add to it, let's win the stolen, see if he can mm-hmm. win the stolen base crown. That would be cool. That would be cool. Um, mine is uh, Shelburne Duvall, how they continue to develop and just – Watching them hit home runs. I mean, it's fun. Home runs are fun. If those guys hit home runs, it's, it makes it a little more interesting. So Chicks um, and Jeff dig the long oh, ball. Oh, yeah, I dig the long <laughs> ball. I dig the long ball. So that would be my second uh, in terms of that. So uh, number one for you, Tom. Jerry Votto. I just like watching him hit. Right. I like watching his at-bats, how, how much he fouls off, how much he works them. Um, I'll stop what I'm doing and watch him hit, no matter what the score is. Okay. So. Same here, and what I really like about Votto is he's just such a student of the game. And how many times have you seen him take two strikes right away, at least for me, and then I think, okay, he's got you right where he wants you. Because now <laughs> it's going to be tough to strike him out. And I enjoy it, too, when there's a pitch that's real close and the umpire calls it a ball, and you see the opposing pitcher doesn't generally – does not generally get all flustered, may do a little shaking of the head, you know, maybe turn the head one way. But I think it's a respect for Votto. 
People just truly kind respect like that. Kind like Greg Maddox had on the other end, right? Yeah, yeah. Greg yeah, Maddox yeah. got the corner. And but I'm like you. When Vado's hitting, I, I just, okay, I just want to see him hit. And then I almost want to cry inside when he grounds out or something but like that. But the bases loaded the other night. I resisted and, and on hit, sending you a text. He hit that one very hard. Yeah, yeah hit the ball hard. Right at the second baseman. That's <laughs> Jeff. I want results. <laughs> you do that with me. You say Shebs. He hit it hard at least. Yeah, yeah. Jeff yeah. rolls his eyes. <laughs> well, my number one thing, I assume you meant your number one was watching Votto as well. Yes, sir. My number one thing that I want to really pay attention to is is watching Castillo and Homer pitch. Because Homer? I, yeah, because yeah. because I think I, I like to watch Homer pitch. I mean, he's 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 a competitor out there. He's been going 96, 97 yeah, miles an hour I, in the sixth inning. I just like I've always liked to watch him pitch. I know he hasn't fulfilled all of our dreams. Okay, um, two no hitters. The guy has great stuff uh, at times, and so can he establish some consistency and make us feel like going into next year? We got. He could a, be a number a, three a, guy. Well, yeah, exactly, but. I think you know he he has shown that he he can have number one stuff. I don't, I'm not putting that pressure on him to be this number one and and be uh, uh, well. There's only a couple handful of elite number ones anyway. Mm-hmm. But can you be a top thirty guy as a number one? I oh, don't know if you is, can. How old is Homer? I think he's thirty one. Sounds about right. So theoretically, he's in his prime. Yeah, he's right there. So he's he could have the next two years could be really really good in Castillo. You know, are we going to have – is that a one-two thing? Di Scalfani, yeah, there's interest there too. But, not. you know, I've seen Homer pitch more. I probably actually, with as much as Castillo's pitched lately, probably you feel like you've watched him pitch more than you've ever watched Di Scalfani because it's been so recent we haven't seen Di Scalfani for so long. Although we will see him Thursday night because uh, we're going down to the Dragons game and scouting. Dayton, we're not going to Cincinnati, are we, Jim? No, we're going to the Dayton Dragons. Okay, okay. Which I'm very disappointed. Yeah, Tom, <laughs> we were texting, and Tom thought we were going to the Reds game. We're like, no, 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 we got tickets to the Dragons game. It's closer, you'll get home earlier. Okay. You won't have to stay up as late. I mean, you're an old man. You won't lose, you know, you'll, keep, you'll get all your beauty sleep, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine, you know. I don't want to sit in the grass there. I itch out there. Just so no. You know. Apparently, well, Kim got the tickets for us, so it was apparently there are seats, not grass. We're that, just thankful to be able to go. Exactly. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll we scout can, him we out, can, and we hopefully we tweet we'd, from there. We'll tweet, <laughs> and hopefully we're not the jinx to end Jose's series hitting streak. <laughs> that would be bad. Let's hope. Let's hope that he uh, has established a new record before Thursday night. Yeah. Well. I had a few honorable mentions on this list, and I have Votto on there. Is in terms of will he, you know, looking what is um, what he's going to finish for a batting average. Mm-hmm. I just find that interesting uh, for him. Uh, his his career average is three twelve. Uh, his career high is three thirty seven. I don't know that he'll get to three thirty seven, but he can certainly uh, hit above his average career average. Um, and he's 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 finished three times with an OPS over a thousand, and he's mm-hmm. right right at that every opportunity to do that again so 20 homers i think is an interesting number to watch as well that's a good one we got three guys already Votto, duvall and shebler Jeanette's at 18 yeah. suarez is at 16 if kozar would have stayed healthy he's at 12 if he hadn't been hurt he'd probably have one or two more and he'd have a have a chance to get to that but it certainly uh we're gonna have five guys yeah definitely could have, yeah it'd be like like a burger place five guys 
homers and RBIs or something. We can change them. Anyway. And French fries. And French fries. Instead of RBIs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Burgers are in French fries. Um, and then Romano pitching, which I think you guys mentioned that, you know, seeing all the young pitchers. So how interested about, to see Zach, him, too. How about Zach Cozart? Let's see if how he finishes season out. Well, I'm I mean, interested. Let's hope he's only out 10 days here. And Yeah, I'm interested in that, too. I mean, it'd be great to see him finish batting 300-plus and, you know, well, finishing strong. If I were to allow – if I'm allowed an honorable mention. It'd be you may catcher, have an honorable the mention. The catcher position. Yes. Um, Barnhart has just amazed me how well he's played. Uh, I, I just love him I being love him. a student of the game as well, works with the pitchers. If you read the comments after yesterday's game, there was a critical point in an at-bat, and he called for a slider that Castillo has only learned this week. And he said, I figured he'd throw it because he doesn't know any better. And sure enough, he threw it for a strike. And then Mezzarocco, because I figured if, if Devin can get through this year relatively healthy, and so far he has been just that, Relatively healthy, one D, 10 day DL stint. Mm-hmm. I figure next June he should be back to where he's going to be. Well, yeah, we can hope so. I mean, I think Barnhart's great behind the plate, um, but we need a better, I mean, in a full time situation, I think we need a better hitter. I mean, what's he batting, 258? Something like that. From you the know. catcher's position, though? 250, yeah, 260? Well, what do you want, I, Mike Piazza here? Yeah. Johnny Bench? Can we get better? That's what I'm all about. Ted Simmons. <laughs> okay, so a little off script here. Who would you who would you replace right now in the Reds? What positions, not person? Oh, if I had my yeah. druthers on uh, I'd like We're not not talking about pitching here. Obviously. Okay, I'd like I, I I'd rather I'd like, I'd rather have a more um all around catcher full time. I'd rather have I'd like to have um, a second baseman who can contribute to the offense. That's a no-brainer. Okay. Um, what else? I mean, those are the two key things, I think. I mean, more consistency from everybody, of course. But, I, you know, and, and find a spot. It would be nice to find a spot for Winker. Yes. You know, it really would, just to see what he can do. I mean, maybe he's not a long-term solution. Maybe he, maybe he's like uh, – um, you know, this Van Slyke guy for the next six years, he's up and down and he never really pans out. But maybe he has a chance to, to be a pretty good, solid major leaguer. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame talent, but, you know, he, he could be a decent, good player. I think you can debate a lot of positions, catcher, third base, right field, but there's no debate on second base. Second no. base has got to be upgraded right. for the Reds. Well, it sort of leads us to the next thing, like kind of which players, you thinking of who's going to survive – to next year on this roster, who's going to be gone? I mean, tradable guys, um, free agent guys, guys that could get traded or released. I mean, I don't think there's there's very little chance we keep Cozart um, because we have too many other places, other players to replace him, anyways. Right. Right. So I think he'll be gone. Well, he could. Depends on what the free agent market is like for him. Well, and how quickly you bring up Sinzel. Yeah, and that has something to do with it. I mean, sure does. I mean, free agent wise, the three guys are Cozart, Storn, and Feldman. Do you think any of them will be back? Well, Feldman is a one year deal. I I could see him staying with the Reds because he's. Uh, I don't think he started much last year with Houston, if I'm correct. Whatever, whoever he's with. And yeah. so I think he's proven himself to be an effective or dependable fifth 
starter. Four or five starter. Yeah. Definitely five. I can go along with that. I mean, how much is a four or five starter worth? Are the Reds willing to pay that? Well, based on the experience this year, if they feel like other things are lining up, like maybe we could contend this year, you probably keep a guy like Feldman versus let's run the Stevensons and the Reeds of the world in and out of that spot and figure out, you know, are we still going to play that game next year? Um, Because being healthy, you've got Bailey, DeSclafani, and Castillo – Who's the four and the? Well, Finnegan's going to come. Let's say Finnegan's going to come out of the pen. I would say so. Maybe they threw. Maybe okay. We traded Singrani because we want to keep Peralta, and we think Brandon Finnegan can be an effective guy out of the pen. Mm -hmm. So, so Lorenzen. So your starters that you were just saying make sense to me. Yeah, and then a Lorenzen maybe because he's apparently going to get a shot. That's a good thought. He says he he wants to, and Price has said we'll talk about it. Um. So that could be the five. Okay, what about Suarez at third base? Is that a guy we keep there and let develop or move to shortstop if Cozart leaves? Or do we try and replace him? I think... I don't think you let him go. He's so young. Remember, Jimmy Leland advised Detroit, don't trade this guy. And they traded him. Uh, you know, Incarc- I was reading... He could be an Incarcion. I, yeah, I was reading on <clears throat> the, the criticism of <clears throat> Peraza... And people saying, Zach Cozart, when he was this age, I believe was in double A and struggling. So looking at the development, Peraza, I would not want to get rid of him. No, he's too young. Put him I at at worst, put him at shortstop, put Senzel at third. Let's hope Peraza continues to develop, has a better eye at the plate. What about a guy we haven't talked about here? What about Scooter? What do we do with Scooter? Scooter's very tradable. He's, I mean, you'll never get more for him. Depends. On, I mean, I like Scooter at the plate. I guess right. He's, he's crushing he, the ball. But he's he 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 either makes an error or does something not very cleanly in the field almost I, but every argue, every other night. I would argue it's because they're moving him all around. Well, it's pretty I, tough to go. That's, that's, to lately, he's been in second base all along. That's though. that's that's possible. But one thing I remember hearing about why the Brewers let him go. His and why glove. they replaced him because they liked the other guy's glove a lot better. And the third they, baseman. Yeah, and they weren't they weren't big on his glove, and so they that was part of the, their reasoning for we can let this guy go because we don't feel like with his glove we'll ever play him every day. Hmm. Certainly, that anybody in the outfield. I mean, if somebody comes along with the right deal, I think they're tradable. Um, when you look at because of there's control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people would want him, Iglesias, Lorenzen, any of the young starters that people want. You know, you never know what team scouting department just gets really sold on a guy. Um, like the Reds apparently were really sold on Luis Castillo more than the Marlins were. And maybe this catcher they traded for today is a guy they just love. And they maybe they tried to sign him, you know, when the Dodgers got him. Who knows? You never know that, but that kind of stuff. I mean, some of the bench guys we got, Kivlahan, Alcantara, Turner, and Adelman, those guys, maybe even Feldman, but I think Feldman's a good chance they might keep him around. I mean, those guys are They just parts. haven't shown anything. They could go in and out. We could, you know. Yeah. I like Kivlahan the best of all those guys. Yeah, he's got, what, six homers? Yeah. Very he, limited at bat. He's shown the most. Alcantara's, 
you know, somebody was like, well, why isn't, why is Alcantara up there? Why not Winker? Well, Alcantara can play a lot of positions and that's what you need with bench well, guys. And if you're going to put him on the bench, you want Winker to keep getting at bats. Yeah. Yeah. They don't He's want got him. a tremendous upside compared right. to Alcantara. Yeah. So it's hard to say, but there's a whole lot of guys that may or may not survive and we'll have plenty to talk about in the off season in terms of that. So there's a good chance you'll see Suarez at shortstop and yeah. Senzel at third. Yeah. Good. Very well. Very well. Good. Um, so be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app or at our home website at threeoldredsfans.podb.com and communicate with us through Twitter at Three Old Reds Fans and Facebook by searching Three Old Reds Fans. We will probably do some tweeting from the game Thursday night at Fifth Third Field. Um, you can also go to the Podbean site and become a patron or get there through our Twitter and Facebook pages. Uh, we want to upgrade some of our technology for doing a lot more with our show. Um, six possible levels of support beginning at a dollar a month. <laughs> can you afford that, Kim? Dollar a month? Yes. You yes. can probably handle that? All right. Um, so if you could help us out as we try to do some of that, that'd be great. So Kim has been giddy like for two days over this next segment, <laughs> our throwback player. So <clears throat> All right, and bring it. As I say this, I said that Jeff would probably get it, take a little bit of thinking. I don't think Tom would because Tom's the youthful one of us. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. It's true. All right, this player made his major league debut, and I remember his baseball card. It was I heard y'all talking last week when I was in South Carolina. Kakalaki. <laughs> and I think you mentioned that the old baseball cards you like the action shots the yeah, best. Yeah. He had a cool action shot. All right. Okay. Well, I should. You should know it. <laughs> I already know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, he made his major league debut for the Reds in 1971. He was a pitcher. He lost his first start, only went an inning and two-thirds, and gave up three earned runs in that short time. He went on to start you, you sure it wasn't 25 more times. No, because listen. <laughs> he went on to make an additional 25 starts, finished with a record of 10-7 and seven and a 3.57 ERA. This was 71 when they had the bad team that year. Yeah, Lee May had a good year. Other than that, God rest his the soul. rest of the guys didn't. 72. He went 14-8. and eight, A 3.05 ERA for the National League champion Reds. In the World Series against the Oakland A's, who did not have what player available to them? Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. And who stepped up for the A's? Gene Tennis. Gene Tennis. Tennis. All right. I remember that. Gene Tennis. He had a strong World Series against the A's. He went 2-1 and one in four games. Wow. Three in relief, a 2.57 ERA against the A's. In 73, the team that lost to who in the NLCS? No, the, the division series. Who'd they lose to? Pirates. The Mets. The Mets. That youth. Okay, he was 13 and Remember 10. Remember the big fight? Pete Rose and Bud Pete Harrelson. Pete Rose and Bud Harrelson. Oh, that was during the playoffs. Yeah. 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 At Shea. In 1973, he was 13 and 10, a 3.23 ERA. In December, he was traded. And where do Reds send good players to? Baltimore. Like Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson. Traded him to the Orioles. That year in 74, for the Orioles, listen to this, he went 18-13. and 13. Yeah, I knew you would. With 17 complete games and 39 wow. starts. 17 complete games. And the oh, Orioles were the American League East Division champions. 75 and 76, his numbers were down. But no more than a 4.07 ERA those two years. 
After the season in 77, he became a free agent and signed with the precursor to the Washington Nationals, the Montreal Expos. So what did he do in 78? Montreal. 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 He was Les Habitants. He was named <laughs> to the... That's a different sport. <laughs> he was, I know. He was named to the 1978 National League All-Star team, finished seventh in voting for the National League Cy Young Award winner, a record of 20 and 11, 19 complete games, three shutouts, 263 innings, and a 3.05 ERA. Late in his career. And then in 79, he went down. In 1980, he pitched a little bit for Montreal, and then later on pitched for Cleveland, released by them in 82, returned to the Orioles, and pitched 21 games his final season. He finished his 11th season playing career. Okay, His career total is 124 and 99, 79 complete games. Wow. I know. 15 shutouts, 2,039 innings, and a 3.81 ERA. That was his career. That's a great With career. Some bad seasons at the end. It's a good career. He was one of the more colorful players of the 1970s. We talked about the Reds back then. You had to be appropriate. Oh, yeah. Groomed, I was getting right? ready to ask you one question. He was called into manager Sparky Anderson's office and told to stop corresponding with a witch who had been sending him good luck charms. <laughs> he was traded Sounds like a scene to the Orioles. This guy was going to be my throwback player of the year, but I chose not to. But he was traded for this guy, Merv Redman. Oh, Remember Merv right. Redman? Yeah, bench hitter. And traded in large in part for his constant resistance to the Reds organization conservative grooming rules. How about and that, that next year, what did he do? He had a mop and a half, curly hair, and a mustache. Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> in 1975, at Fenway Park, warming up in the Orioles' bullpen, he responded to the Red Sox fan heckling by throwing the ball into the bleachers. There was a lawsuit, and he lost it. <laughs> and, and, and then the last thing I have, basically, he was accused by none other than the Yankees manager, Billy Martin, in 1977, of throwing a spitball. And where did they accuse him of hiding the Vaseline? Now, Gaylord Perry hid the Vaseline where? I don't know. His, his belt? Oh. No. Oh. Sparky Anderson almost caught him. Huh? No. Nope. Uh, behind his, his ear. ear. Behind Is his that ear. right? Behind yeah. his ear. Yeah. And he talked, Gaylord Perry talked about that. He was nervous that Sparky Anderson sent out there, and they looked everywhere. They looked just the places you said the belt everywhere, but he had it behind his ear. Wow. Anyway... They accused him of hiding his hair. Hiding Listen it. to this, which was usually somewhat greasy in appearance anyway, <laughs> due to this pitcher's penchant for not showering during winning streaks. Oh. <laughs> that'd be one, that'd be enough reason to trade him. In addition to his nickname Scuzz for his liberal grooming habits, he was also called Crazy Eyes and known to wear turquoise contact lens. Sounds like a little bit like Bill wow. Spaceman Lee. Yeah, it? yeah. Anyway. That's our throwback player but of the year. Very colorful. Now, did I not say that our friend Jeff would likely get it? And Tom's sitting there having no clue no who idea. it is. But if and when we say the name, if it's not today, Tom's going to say it. Tom's going to say, it's not oh, yeah. Question. And he was a lefty pitcher. And I, I wish the Reds wouldn't have traded him. Yeah. With, he, with, the, with the numbers he had with the Reds, and then they only got better. Because they traded him, what, after the 73 season or – that's yeah, after the said. 73 season. That's what you said. 74, 75, 76 with yeah, that team. Yeah, yeah. 
Ross Grimsley. Ross. Ross Grimsley. I remember that name. Now, I didn't what, know he was a red. What? <laughs> what clinched it for the? Uh, what clinched it for the master Scribner here, Jeff? <laughs> is and Jeff reacted when I said who they traded them to. Yeah, when he went to the Orioles, that's when I knew. I'm like, okay. I remember him with the Expos. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I do. I yeah, remember with yeah. the Expos. That was and he was 20 and 11. Yeah, he was a good pitcher. Very good. He was a good pitcher. That's a good one, Kim. Very yeah, good. Very good. So, okay, so I'll down I like that. Me. I like that. I like that one. Okay. Back, a little more uh, looking back in time. A couple of baseball card recollections here. I've got two 1976 cards. First one is a guy, Bill Stein, who was a third baseman for the White Sox. Yeah, you remember, remember, remember that oh, guy? Yeah. So on the back of this card, it says, Johnny Bench, Johnny Bench's sixth grand slammer of his career, 5'7", 1975, tied a Cincinnati club record. All right, so whose record did he tie was my was the, the obvious question off of reading that. Ernie Lombardi. And it's really hard to find this stuff. You, like when you look up stat grids and stuff on web pages, there's just home runs. There's no like column for grand slams. Hmm. So I finally found a list of grand slam leaders, but then I anyway I don't even remember where I found it. I dug and I dug and I dug and I finally found it. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. Whose record he broke? He also do you remember how many he hit for his career? Eleven or twelve. Eleven. And he had 10 as a catcher, which was the record for most by a catcher. Um, now, <clears throat> I also found a mistake on Topps made a mistake. Wow. Okay, I'm here to correct. This is a valuable card 19, 1976. How many years ago was that? 41, well, that would be 41. It's a 41-year-old mistake I'm going to correct right now. Okay. I discovered that... He hit a home run. He hit a grand slam on May seventh, but it was only number five of his career. On May twenty sixth, a mere two weeks later or so, he hit number six in a five four win over the Expos to complete a Memorial Day doubleheader sweep. Wouldn't that be fun to go to Memorial mm-hmm. Day to go to a doubleheader? Yep. I don't want to get to that anymore. He tied Veda Pinson. I was that was going to be my guess. Oh, that I should I should ask your guess. You, you I should I'm Cause sorry. Because you're thinking Veda Pinson, you're thinking Frank Robinson, you're thinking Clue. Clue. I was thinking Veda Pinson. Yeah. Who? Well, I was thinking all those guys. But I was Veda thinking Pinson, Pinson, who, I, who I heard somebody say recently, Frank Robinson to this day says belongs in the Hall of Fame. Mm. If you look at Pinson's numbers, he's a borderline guy. Mm. Um, um, but Frank played with him when during Veda's best years, and so that's yeah. what he remembers. Uh, the men on base. Of course. Who were the three guys that batted in front of bench? Rose, Griffey, Griffey, and Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, they were all on base. He hit it off Steve Renko. Who was a very good pitcher for yeah, the Expos. Yeah, not, not at that time yet. He wasn't very good, but eventually he got pretty good. Uh, the Reds were in second place at that time, two games behind the Dodgers. But this was late May. Of course, we know. Back then, they were the hated Dodgers. The hated Dodgers. Oh, yeah, that's yes, a rival. The hated Dodgers. But as we know, they went on and won the World Series. So that was a Johnny Bench thing. Now I got a Dave Winfield card here. Of course, Dave Winfield is a is a Hall of Famer. This is when he was with his first team, mm-hmm. which was the Padres. Uh, he's known known mostly as a Yankee by now. Um, and I found this interesting. A guy named Sam Jones hurled a shutout on July 26, 1934. And this is the oddity thing. No relation it. to Bumpus. 
No, not that I know of. <laughs> okay. His nickname, though, was Sad Sam Jones. <laughs> if your name's Jones, you got to have a nickname because I guess there's so many of you. Too common, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did it on his 42nd birthday and his 18th wedding anniversary. Yeah, good for him. So on his 42nd birthday. So I got to thinking, well, who's the oldest guys to throw no-hitters? I mean, not no-hitters, shout-outs. Do you know who the oldest guy ever to throw a... Oh, anyway, let me talk you about, tell you about Sad Sam Jones first. He is a he is a Buckeye. He was born in Woodsfield, Ohio, and he's buried in Barnesville, Ohio, and that's in southeast Ohio, near West Virginia. Uh, he had a two twenty nine and two seventeen record in twenty two American League seasons with six teams. Wow, two twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, twenty two seasons. He shut out the White Sox um, in the next to the last game that season. Um, it was a nine nothing win over the Senators at Comiskey Park. Six hits, no walks, one strikeout. Uh, Hall of Famers Joe Cronin and Heine Manoush were wow. in the Senators lineup. Uh, it was not a record, though. Um, I, I dug around, dug around. I don't know what the record was at the time. Cy Young threw two when he was 44 in 1911. May or may not have been a record at the time. So I, can't, I, I basically I looked and I found two records. I found who holds the current record. And then the two previous times it was broke. Who, who's he broke and then who that guy broke. So do you know who has the current record for the oldest sh- oldest guy to throw a shutout? No idea. What, what decade? 2010. 2010. Oh, oh the guy. Oh, What's oh, his name? Oh, uh, um, the big guy. Left, no, 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 a lefty. No, a lefty. No. For the Phillies. Yep, yep. Um, He's the only guy to throw oh, shutout in four decades. Oh, I... I I, I know it. I know it. Yeah, he couldn't break a pane of glass by the time he was 47 oh, yeah, years no, old. What are you talking about? Um, okay. Yeah, he threw really slow. You're going to hate yourself. Give me the initials. J.M. Jamie Moore, Moyer. Moyer. Okay. So Jamie Moyer in 2010 set the record. The previous record was set in 1985 and came in this pitcher's 300th victory. Phil Necro or something? Phil Necro on the last day of the season when he was pitching for the... Atlanta Braves. New York Yankees. Oh, really? Yeah, that's when he's with the Yankees. Hmm. He broke a very legendary pitcher's record, who at age 45 in 1952 with the St. Louis Browns in, in 12 innings. No, this is in the 50s. That's really old. Walter Johnson. You, you're the young guy. How do you know Walter Johnson? I just know the name. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it out there. One of these days, Walter Johnson will be the right answer. <laughs> Now on, that's my guess. Uh, if we go over major league victories, right? Yeah, were like five hundred and seven or something. Yeah, Cy Young, Cy Young had the most, but yeah, Johnson had over four hundred or something. Anyway, this guy reportedly was forty-five. Uh, Satchel Page. Satchel Page. Yeah. Oh, how old okay. was? How old is Satchel Page? That was always a thing, right? Uh, Never really knew how old he was. Let's look at uh, last week's stumper. Joey Votto has the two highest single-season walk totals in Reds history, with 135 in 2013 and 143 in 2015. Who previously held the record? Did any of you guys guess this last week after we signed off? Or oh, you weren't here. I wasn't here. I heard you, the question, but I refused to look it up. So like, what we're, we're both at, probably thinking. Looking at the Big Red Machine, which is what I always seem to go to when, I, when well, there's hitting just, records. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe uh, uh, Joe Morgan. What would you say? I would have said Morgan or Rose. I don't. I don't remember Rose having a great eye, but 
Well, I was going to go Kim's with Morgan, guess is Morgan or Rose. Morgan or but Rose. Come on, pick one. I'll just say with Morgan as well. All right, Joe Morgan is the answer. Walked 132 times in 1975. It's pretty close to Joey's number. Yeah, yeah, one of his MVP seasons. So, all right, Tom, you're gonna all right wow us with your trivia knowledge here today. Yeah, I don't know about that, but Stumper <laughs> from a little little uh, later, past the Big Red Machine, 1985. Um, I was in college. Kim was probably married and having kids by then. 1985, what Reds pitcher won 20 games in 1985? Okay. And there's more interesting things about that person. That we'll talk about next week. We'll talk about next year. But 1985, what Reds pitcher won 20 games? All right. Very good. Well, we will come back to that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, bef- we're going to talk about Lee May, mm-hmm. who just passed away. Before we do that, any updates on the EDP stat? No, no, <laughs> no updates All right, right now. I'm going to be keep asking for him if we got a formula yet. All right, no formula. So what about what about Lee May? You know, it was a great one of the great Reds, even though he was traded away. Yeah, and great great nickname, the Big Bopper. The Big Bopper. And did I say this in the text yet, Jeff? Did I say this in the text <laughs> yesterday? He had the last home run in Crosley Field. Yeah, I heard that. Lee May. I heard that. Yeah, he. Um, uh, that, that year they made that deal um, with the with the Astros was certainly a pivotal deal in Reds history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trading Lee May was not I don't think real popular thing to do. Um, Joe Morgan was a good player, but Joe Morgan wasn't who Joe yeah. Morgan became yeah. yet. Yeah, there was no one to the caliber of Lee May that they got. No, no. Lee May. Well, the the Reds traded three guys. Mm-hmm. And the Astros traded five, mm-hmm. so Lee May was the the big deal in that in that trade. Um, and then we got, of course, and we asked this question among ourselves yesterday: Who were the eight guys in that trade? And all of us knew six of them. Tom pulled out the seventh one, and then the eighth one nobody knew. So the Reds got Morgan Geronimo. Dennis Menke, who played third base for, what, a year until they moved Perez mm-hmm. to third? I mean, first. Um, to first. They moved Perez to first then when they brought Menke in. I threw, I got that out of whack. And then later, um, Rose moved to to third to make room, for George, to make room for George Foster. Yeah. And then um, uh, we got Jack Billingham, who was a very key guy in that trade. And Ed Armbrister, mm-hmm. who was the one guy you and I, Kim, we couldn't, we didn't, didn't think of that, and and Tom pulled that one out of uh, out of the air somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and then we gave up Lee May, Tommy Helms. who was a pretty popular guy for the Reds. Played a lot, you know. Was a regular was a regular second baseman, and a and a bench guy, a throwing guy named Jimmy Stewart. Not to be confused with. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, life. The, uh, George the, Bailey, the actor George Bailey, or anybody like that, but a guy named Jimmy Stewart. So, yeah, I just remember like ah, Lee May. You know, that was kind of a big deal to get rid of Lee May. You know, I remember looking at the back of Joe Morgan's baseball card when we were little. And this question's for Tom, not Jeff, because Jeff would get it. <laughs> On the back of the card, he'll get it right away. On the back of the card, you see all his stats. He is being Morgan's when he played for Houston. But before they the Houston Astros, Tom, who were they? Oh, um, tech, not, 
I'm saying Texans because that's what the football team is. Yeah. Um, I oh Colt forty five. Colt forty five. Not there one you. of our sponsors, by the way, but the Colt forty five. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Texas kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of a cool name down it there. Was. You know? Yeah. 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 And then they became the Astros with the space program coming in and everything. Yeah. So Astrodome. That, yeah, and the Astrodome. The Colt 45 dome, I don't think, had, would have had quite the <laughs> ring to it. <laughs> would have sounded more like a shooting range. That's so, um, so yeah, Lee May. It was interesting, too. Um, you know, he's in the Reds Hall of Fame, and he stayed connected to the Reds. You know, he's probably got some. He's probably stayed connected to maybe the Astros to a degree and the Orioles because he went there and had a couple good years as well. Um, uh, but... Guys, it seems like guys stay connected to the Reds who played for the Reds a lot, and um, whether they finish their career there or not, uh, we've seen we've seen that true of some other guys. Sean Doug Casey, Flynn. Sean Casey comes to mind as well. Doug Flynn, uh, what well, Sean Casey wasn't he like the Grand Marshal for the Opening yep. Day Parade two or three years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, so you see a lot of that, and uh, it was interesting on TV. It's like I don't really know much about the guy, but did you hear, did you hear all the announcers talking about what a funny guy Lee May was yes and and everybody thought he was just he was just one of the great clubhouse guys and a funny guy and everybody had Lee May stories like crazy what did you read the one with he and Jack Billingham how he was going around telling anybody he, he hit some grand slam against Billingham or uh and, and won the game Billingham went and looked it up because Billingham couldn't remember and saw I don't know if it was a grand slam I think it was just a home run and it was like a nine to two loss. <laughs> so he went to Lee May and said something to him about it. And Lee's response was, "Well, I hit it so deep, you could have counted it for like four rib RBIs or four home runs or something." And then he had some story about Marty Brenneman. He had everyone convinced that Marty Brenneman worked for some organization out of Memphis, Tennessee, before he got the Reds gig. And people would believe him because he was just so enthusiastic about it and laughing about it and. Yeah, Marty Brenneman spoke very highly of Lee May. Yeah, yeah, very much liked him, and his brother played in the majors too, Carlos. And he's got a grandson in the White Sox organization mm-hmm. who Carlos played with. Right, White Sox. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we're going to survive this season. What do you think? Still got Billy, Joey, and pitching to watch. Yeah, right? exactly. There's more seasons to come. This season. I don't think I've ever been excited about the expansion of the 40-man roster to see Winker play more, to see these young pitchers play more. I, it's fun. You know what would be and great? And to see Di get healthy. You know what would be greater, even better about the 40-man expansion? Is if, if the DH if, if, came if, if we could play the DH in September. I in knew it was League. coming. Quit in that, Crash Davis quit, hated the DH. I don't care. Crash <laughs> Davis is a fictional character. Okay. The DH is a fictional position. No one, <laughs> it was not even there. Oh, they just created the I'll position. Gi- I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. You give them that one? Yeah, but you know, these pitchers, everybody wonders why they can't bunt and hit because it's the first time they've ever had to in their, since like they Castillo were in Little League. Yesterday, bunt well, hit I know. And then another I know. I know. Well, there's a few outliers. A few. Before we go, guys, I want a one word answer. Next week. Well, we'll be talking about a Reds team that has emerged from this funk and is playing more like the 500 team or better that we were expecting or at least hoping for in the second half. Tom? No, they won't. No, they will not have emerged from the funk. No. Yes, no, or maybe? No. My answer is yes. 
They like will be that. out of the funk. I like that optimism. We both hope you're right. But if the funk continues, you know, we at least have our top three survival comforts, right? <laughs> and we suggest you make your own list. Lest we end on a negative note, you guys and your two big no's. Well, you asked a question. We I did ask. Honest. I did. You were honest. Unless, lest we end on that negative note, as we always say, go Reds. Go Reds.